This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. Hallelujah. Well, it's good to be back with you. Thank Brother Bruce for ministering last week. I know he did a wonderful job. He always does. And uh, so I have to get back real quick so I can still make sure I got my place here, you know, before (laughs) Brother Bruce. Appreciate it, brother. Appreciate it greatly. I do. Well, we've been talking about, uh, in in my time with you, this uh, series about Christmas cheer. You know, we hear about that a lot this time of year, you know, people, you know, wishing people good cheer and, you know, and, and telling people to cheer up and wishing you a, a Merry Christmas or a cheerful Christmas. And we looked at the scriptures where Jesus, uh, especially in the King James Version, where he talks about there in John 16, he said, be of good cheer. He said, why? Because I've overcome the world. He said, in the world, you're going to have trouble. That's nothing to be cheerful about in the natural, is it? But he said, He said, but I want you to be of good cheer, he said, because I've overcome the world. And he overcome the world for you and I, didn't he? And remember we said that that word cheer, translated cheer there, means courage. Man, I tell you, you need courage when the the test and the trial's on. When everything's going good, you don't need so much courage, do you? It's courage. It means confidence. Listen, when the waves are crashing over your boat, you need to have confidence. Not in your boat. (laughs) you need to have confidence in the Lord God amen and then it says comfort so in all of our troubles and all of our trials we can have the comfort of the father the assurance the peace the joy of the father so we've been talking about that and so we're going to talk about spreading good cheer because and here's the thing you know we've talked about you know we need to have good cheer you can't give what you don't have you know, if you're all down and you're all fearful and you're all anxious and you're all worried, it's kind of hard to cheer somebody else up, isn't it? <laughs> i never seen one drowning man save another drowning man. <laughs> Have you? And this world has a way of coming at us at times, and the waves crash over us. You ever, you ever been to the beach, and, uh, you know, and uh, you're, you're out in the surf there, and you know, you're just enjoying and everything, you're not paying attention, and a, a bigger wave comes and just breaks over you? Just knocked you off your feet. You take in some of that good old salt water down there. <laughs> you know, that's the way life does sometimes, isn't it? You're going along, everything's fine, you're enjoying a beautiful sunny day, and before you know it, a wave you didn't see, wham, it crashes over you. That's the time we need to have the cheer that the Bible talks about in us. We need to have that courage, we need to have that confidence that God is with us. God will never fail us. We know exactly what God has promised, what He has said, what Jesus has accomplished. So we can have comfort even in all our trouble. So we're going to talk about it today, about being ambassadors of cheer. You know, there's a whole lot of the other kind of uh, ambassadors in the world. There's ambassadors of negativity. There's ambassadors of division. There's ambassadors of hatred. I mean, we could just go on and on. All kinds. You know, but as believers, we are to be ambassadors of cheer. You know, don't, don't go around. If you're a believer and God's living in you and heaven is your home and, and the greater one's yours and all the promises of God are yours, don't be going around with a long face. 
Don't be telling everybody about all your aches and pains and troubles and, oh, I'm just attributing. Well, you need to get over that. Amen. You need to take the next step from, from trouble to triumph. <laughs> Amen. And it starts by what? Being of good cheer. Remember, we, we mentioned the last time uh, I was with you talking about this. You know, we have to be like David. Sometimes we have to be our own cheerleader. Amen. But today, I want to take a step further. We should be, and we, we must be our own cheerleader. But we also, as believers, we should be ambassadors of good cheer. We should be lifting people up. We should be encouraging people wherever we go. And, of course, it's very easy to be an ambassador of good cheer. Just let people know Jesus has come. Jesus is here. He's already come. He's already done it. You know, we're celebrating, you know, the incarnation, the God-made flesh, you know, uh, the God-child grows up to be the God-man, the Redeemer. And so, we, you know, we're celebrating that now. And we need to tell people, especially at Christmas time, but we can do it all year round. You know, be of good cheer. Jesus has come. You got trouble? Listen, we got the answer. His name is Jesus. And tell them he's already overcome all the things you're dealing with. And all you got to do is receive him. And guess what? What, what he's done will be, become uh, accredited to your account. All of a sudden, His grace can come into your life. His power can come into your life. His peace can come into your life. So we have to be ambassadors of cheer. And uh, look over in 2 Corinthians. You, you know this scripture, but let's look over there anyway. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. <clears throat> he, he says here, it says, that, he said, therefore... If anyone, verse 17, is in Christ, we know this scripture, the new creation has come. The old is gone, the new is here. That ought to cheer you up. You know, most believers that I run into, they still are living as natural people. And by that I mean they're moved more by what they see in the natural, by their circumstances, by what, you know, uh, you know, uh, this newscaster says, or that pundit says, or that, you know, this tweet upsets them, or that tweet upsets them, or something's happened over here in this city, and they are, they're just constantly in a turmoil. They're bouncing right back from one thing to the other. Oh, what are we going to do? Oh, what are we going to do? We're not going to do anything, because Jesus has already done it. You just need to remember, <laughs> you know. You can't be of good cheer if you live that way. It's all right to keep up with current events, but I want to tell you what, I want to keep up with the God events. Paul said over there in Colossians 3, he said, set your heart and your mind on things above. That's where your life really is. I want to be in tune with heaven more than I'm in tune with this world. Amen. So the new creation has come, and all this is from God who reconciled us to himself. Who did this? God did it. How did he do it? In Christ. Through Christ, he says, has reconciled us unto himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of condemnation, of correcting everybody, of straightening out all the world's evils. Oh, it didn't say that? Well, you, t you see some Christians, you read some things, they think that's what it's about. 
that, I mean, you know, if we're believers, I mean, we got to get, you know, the right person in the right office, and we've got to straighten out everything that's crooked. We got to get everybody, you know, saved in the world at one time. We got to get this done. We got to get that done. No wonder they're exhausted. Man, oh man, you're way over your pay grade. <laughs> you need to back off a few notches there. You're taking on stuff that the Scriptures doesn't tell us to take on. Sure, it tells us to pray. Sure, it tells us, you know, to use our faith. But I want to tell you what, listen, uh, I look at Paul. I'm, Paul was saved, wasn't he? Uh, Peter was saved, wasn't he? Well, then they lived in a generation where they had one of the most evil regimes ruling, you know, that's ever probably ruled. I mean, you know, they were being fed to the lions. You know, we gripe if the government wants us to wear a mask. Uh-oh. Yeah, I went there. I don't care what your opinion is, you know. I mean, you came in a car today. How many of you wore your seatbelt? Well, what'd you do that for? How dare the government tell you to wear a seatbelt? See how silly we can get about things sometimes? You know, we're trying to straighten out things that God never... He said He's given us the ministry of reconciliation. Let's put first things first. Yes, be a good citizen. Vote, do all that. But listen... Put first things first as believers, and that's the kingdom. Didn't he say, seek first? What did he say? Seek first the White House. Seek first control of the Senate. <laughs> People get, see, you won't get all worked up if you keep yourself, you know, in order with the Word. He said he's given us the ministry of reconciliation. We're here to reconcile men to God. Listen, men and women are going to come and go in government. I mean, even, even the, you know, the short time I've been here, I've seen them come and go. Haven't we? Hadn't you? And you know what? If you really look, all those that have come and gone in the history of our nation, I mean, our problems are pretty much the same thing, aren't they? We're still complaining about the same things. We're still saying, well, if we can get somebody in there, they can solve it. See, we've got our eyes focused on the wrong thing. You can't be of good cheer that way because men will let you down. That's just a fact, isn't it? Men will let you down. So he says, he's given us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ. And he's not counting people's sins against them. Boy, that's, that, that'll cheer you up. God's not mad at you. He's not out to get you. Except in a good way. He, he's not condemning you. He's not waiting to send people to hell. He's just not waiting for you to just mess up so he can squash you like a bug. No, he was in Christ, reconciling the world, not counting their sins. God's not counting their sins against them. Then why are you? I'm going to rat some frats of frats of frats of sinners. <laughs> Excuse me for Come on. He said. He has committed to us the message of reconciliation. Now, we understand what the word reconcile means, doesn't it? Does it mean to divide? Does it mean to criticize? Does it mean to find fault? See, see, why can't the church get along? Because we, we have, we've been reconciled to God, but we can't be reconciled to one another. The least little thing, you know, Christian, get mad. I'm going to go over to another church. 
You better be glad you weren't in the early days because there wasn't but one church in a city. You'd have been in trouble, wouldn't you? Where am I going to go? I'm going to go start my own church. I mean, it's, it, you know, we've got to have this message of reconciliation. We're talking about being ambassadors of good cheer. But if we don't have cheer, Bible cheer, I'm talking about in ourselves, what can we give away? Amen? He said, we are therefore Christ ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. An ambassador doesn't represent their own selves, their own position, and their own opinion. They represent the opinion and the policies and the viewpoint of the government that sent them. I don't have an opinion about sinners. Is this sin bigger than that sin? Come on. I am an ambassador of Christ. I'm going to represent His viewpoint. And that is that He has reconciled everybody to Himself. They just got to find out. They just got to believe it. And it's up to us as ambassadors to, to tell them the message. Make it simple. Make it plain. Somebody says, oh, pastor, you're making it too easy. No, I didn't make it too easy. God did. Jesus Christ did all the heavy lifting. Hey, man, you going to save yourself? Boy, I'm telling you what. I don't believe in it, but good luck with that. You might as well wish him good luck. No, Jesus did the heavy lifting. That's, what, that's the reason we can have good cheer. Because we know if he did it, it's done right. If I do it, ugh. Jesus has reconciled us. He has brought us life and light and hope, hasn't he? Well, because of the season, I'm going to read this. Listen to this in Isaiah 9. You know the scripture so very well. For to us a child is born, and to us a son is given. And, but listen, I'm talking about the reason he was given. Why? To be reconciled back to God. I enjoy, boy, I enjoy the music. This one's so good. I love Christmas carols and all. And, you know, and that. But you know, that's, Jesus didn't come so we could, you know, put up a Christmas tree. I have a Christmas tree. I'm not condemning that. But that's not the reason he came, is it? He didn't, he didn't come so we could have beautiful, sing beautiful Christmas carols. Nothing wrong with that. But that's not. He, yeah, a son is given. We celebrate a son is given. But what was he given for? To reconcile the world to himself. And we as ambassadors of good cheer, we're going to tell people, you know, we're not just going to tell them, you know, cheer up in the natural. We're going to give them a reason to be cheered up, to have courage. In the face of a pandemic. To have courage in the face of the diagnosis that the doctor may give you. To have courage when you lose your job and have an economic setback. And it looks like there's no way out. I'm going to tell you what. That's when we need this Bible cheer. And God needs us as ambassadors to help people and cheer them up and say, Listen, God's for you. God's got the answer for you. God will set you free. God will forgive your sin. God will save you. God will bless you. God will bring you out. God will deliver you. That's a good cheer we are to be spreading. Not God's mad at you. You knucklehead. <laughs> he says the government will be on his shoulders. Where's the government going to be? It's going to be, I'll tell you where it's going to be. It's going to be on them, them Republicans. No, it ain't. It's going to be on the Democrats. No, it's going to be on the Independents. No, no, it says it's going to be on his 
the Christ, the one that we're celebrating the incarnation of, the government is on his shoulders. I don't, don't shoot the messenger. I'm just reporting. The government will be on his shoulder, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor. See, this will cheer you up. You need some wisdom. You need some counsel. Well, I'm going to tell you what. Jesus has come, and he is accessible to whoever will call on his name and believe. Said he'll be your counselor. Man, that'll encourage people, won't it? Mighty God. Woo! That ought to fix it. (laughs) Everlasting Father. Prince of Peace. And of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. Boy, that's something to cheer people up with, isn't it? Talking about being ambassadors of cheer. Let me get just some some specifics here real quickly. Some things that we should be doing to spread good cheer. Listen, give words that encourage people. You know, just think a minute. What, What encourages you? Well, I'll tell you what, I know you're going through that because you must have missed it really bad. You must have really sinned to be going through this. I mean, boy, I'm telling you, God's teaching you a lesson. Does that encourage you? (laughs) No, it doesn't encourage me. I mean, just all you have to do to encourage people is just think, what would encourage you? If you were going through a test, or maybe you've been through a similar test, what would encourage you? You know, don't just tell them, you know, keep keep a stiff upper lip, you know, keep your chin up. (laughs) You know, tell them what God has said. Tell them what is available in Christ Jesus. Tell them what He has provided. Tell them about the abundance of God's grace, that where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. Well, like God told Paul when he was going through tests and trials, he said, in your weakness, he said, my strength is made perfect. God will be your counselor. He will be your mighty God to deliver you. Just speak words that encourage people. Encourage them. And, you know, I'm so glad, you know, some believers I know, I'm, I'm so glad they're not the Savior. Man, they would dole out grace in an eyedropper. Oh, my God. You ever run anybody like that? I hope not, but, you know. Nobody in here. I'm not saying don't. Know. But, you know, the Bible uses this word out in some translations, which I like it. I really like this. It says that he has lavished his grace on me, on us. You ever been in a house or maybe a, a, a five-star hotel or something that was lavishly appointed and decorated? Oh, my goodness. You step on that carpet, I mean, it feels like it's that thick. Woo. Man, I mean, you know, everything's just glistening. I mean, it's beautifully decorated. Everything's beautifully appointed. Well, you don't need all that just to sleep. Do you? I mean, they can just throw a cot in there, you know, with some wooden slats. See, that's some people's idea of, of, of God's, the, the way they see God. But God says, I've lavished it on you. Woo, I got one of them sleep number beds in the hotel room. I got, I got one of those remotes by the bed where you can switch everything on and off, get it just like you want. It's, it's lavishly, He's lavished His grace on us. See, we want to encourage people. Holy cow. 
They already got some of that other stuff, don't they? <laughs> you better know it. Look in 2 Corinthians chapter 13 real quickly. I know this may not seem like a Christmas message, but it really is. I mean, this is what it's about. Why did he come? He come so, what, what, so that we could be reconciled to God. And in that reconciliation, he said, you can be of good cheer, be of good courage, and be of good confidence. Amen. And, you know, we can cheer other people. Notice what he says here. Finally, brothers and sisters, verse 11, strive for full restoration. Encourage one another. Encourage one another. What did he say? Discourage, I mean, encourage one another. <laughs> be of one mind. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. Listen, the reason some believers have a hard time sensing the presence of God is because they got this in reverse. They're always discouraged and discouraging everybody else. They're not cheering people up. I mean, you can't, if you're, I mean, if you're, you're, you know, if you're feeling discouraged yourself, how are you going to encourage anybody? You've got to be encouraged yourself. Isn't that right? Man, you know, uh, some people, you know, some Christians, you know, they, they can't pray too much for anybody else. They can't give too much away because they ain't got too much stored up. Well, if I pray for you, I'm, I'm, I'm just about to go. I've just got my nose above this far above the water, man. Don't nobody come latch on to me. <laughs> what? You know, words that encourage people. And then words that build faith. Build faith in people. Build faith in people. Don't pour water on their dreams. Don't pour water on stuff. If you think they're off base, then go get in your closet and talk to God about it. God didn't call you to correct everybody, straighten everything out, be God's answer man or woman. Again, we're getting way above our pay grade. That's what the Holy Ghost is for. That's what God's Word is for. Now, we can encourage and we can give advice at times, but I'm telling you, you know, I, I'm not out to try to solve everybody's problems. That's not my, that's, that's not my role even as pastor. I'm going to teach you, I'm going to feed you, I'm going to lead you. But you know what? God's the one that's going to give you wisdom. He's going to be your counselor. He's going to be your provider. He's going to be your healer. He's going to show you the way out. Absolutely. Words that build faith. What builds faith in you? What word from God that builds faith in you? Well, one thing God said this. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Boy, that's, that'll build faith in you, won't it? God said that he would supply all of your need according uh, to your employment down here. No, he said, God would meet all of your needs according to his riches in. Hallelujah. There is, listen, there's never an economic downturn in glory. God's never known an economic downturn. Amen. He's never known it. Never known it. Man, I'm telling you what, up in heaven this morning, they're walking on stuff that men are killing each other for down here. It's just common pavement. Come on. Speak words that encourage people. God is your refuge. 
I know you're going through it right now, but listen, God has said He'll never leave you nor forsake you. He says He's your refuge. He's your strength in times of trouble. He'll be a strong tower. He will bring you through. He will bring you out. He'll meet your need. He'll heal your body. He'll save your kids. Well, you know, they've been praying for a long time and they're not saved yet. Well, you just go encourage somebody else. (laughs) I'm serious. There's some people, you know, I love them, but I don't want to hang out with them. Come on. Hopefully it's not nobody you have to hang out with. (laughs) You know, but I want to be around people that, you know, he said, of like mind, of like faith. We need to encourage one another. We're talking about ambassadors of cheer. I know this is real simple, but you know what? This is where we live, isn't it? This is where we live. You know, I want to be somebody that, that uh, however small it might be, I want to lift them up just a little bit more. They got enough on their shoulders. They got enough piling on their plate. I want to be somebody that's going to come and say, hey, let me help you. Didn't the, doesn't the Bible say that the, the, the power of life and death is in our words? You know, you, you know, your words could make a difference in somebody. Making it or giving up. But what if you just, what if you just encouraged them? How, how, many, how many young people, how many kids out on the streets are, are in all kinds of trouble just because what? If they just had somebody that would have been an ambassador of cheer. That would have told them about Jesus, told them about God's grace, told them about God's love, told them about God's power, told them about God's plan for their life, told them that God wasn't mad at them. I mean, man, I'm telling you. Can you imagine the resources, the, the human resources, not, not only the tragedy of the lives that are being destroyed, but the human the resources that are, are out there locked up into people who are discouraged, who are disappointed, who are bitter, think about it. The gifts that's in them, the potential that's in them. Mm. Words that build faith. Then words that give comfort to people. You know, we've all heard of Job's comforters. You know, when, you know, when Job was going through everything, you know, the, all those guys come over there. They said, we've come over to here to cheer you up, Job. <laughs> but first... We're going to get your life straightened out. Then, then, you know. You must, you know how, you remember reading it. Must, you know you did something wrong. I mean, all this to happen to somebody, you had to have done something really, really bad. No, listen, we live in a fallen world. There is an enemy. Amen. He does attack. He does do things. And listen, sometimes even the brightest of us do dumb things. Come on, fess up. <laughs> that gets us. But listen, God's not out to get us. He's out to help us. And we need to encourage people. You know, God's got a way out. God's got a way of escape. He said He's going to make a way of escape. It doesn't matter what the test, the trial, or the temptation is. He's got a way of escape. He's got the answer. He's got wisdom for you. He's got strength for you. 
Let's speak words that comfort people. God's not mad at you. I mean, isn't the Holy Spirit one of the descriptors of the Holy Spirit? One of His offices is comforter. When He, the Holy Spirit, has come, He will condemn you (laughs) and beat you up and tell you every day what a sorry thing you are. That's not the ministry of the Holy Spirit, is it? Well, if the Holy Spirit doesn't do that, what gives you the right? Are you greater than the Holy Spirit? Are you greater than God? No. So let's speak words that comfort people. What comforts you? That's the word. Speak that to people. God, listen, God is a strength. He's a very present help in times of trouble. He will deliver you. He is a faithful God. He is a good God. Jesus came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Amen. For this purpose, Jesus the Son of God came as a babe, what? That he might grow up and destroy the works of the devil. He did it for you. Comfort people. And then words that build confidence in God. Confidence in God. You know, we live in a very insecure world, don't we? And this year, it seems like it's kind of been magnified, hasn't it? We live in a time where, 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 where it's insecure. We, we realize, you know, hey, well, I don't care what your political party is. Well, if, if, you know, if you've got any modicum of intelligence, you know for sure they ain't got the answers. We're going to pray for them. We're going to believe that God's going to use them. But I'm going to tell you what, you know, there's insecurity. Insecurity about tomorrow. Insecurity about our health. Insecurity about the, the economy of the, and all these kinds of things. All kinds of insecurities. I mean, how much more do we need to be ambassadors of confidence? Letting people know, listen, there's one that will never fail you. There's one that will never let you down. There's one that is always there. He will be closer than a brother. Amen. <laughs> He'll come in you. And the Bible says that the Holy Spirit, when He has come, listen, He is greater than He that's in the world. God's Word is true. Not one word from God will fail. God says He knows the plans He has for you, a hope and a future. We want to build confidence in people. Not confidence in man, but confidence in God. Confidence in His Word. Confidence in this babe that we're celebrating, grown up and redeemed us from the works of the darkness. Amen? We're talking about being ambassadors of good cheer. Spreading good cheer. Spreading good cheer. Listen, this holiday season, uh, you know, and throughout the rest of the year, let's be, let's be ambassadors of good cheer. And, you know, that starts right here with us, doesn't it? Let your home be a place of good cheer. You know, you can't be at home and griping at one another and fussing and complaining and all that, and then you're going to go out and be an ambassador of good cheer. I'd give you a big raspberry, but I won't for the sake of pandemic. (laughs) But I feel like it. You can't do that, can you? Let it start at home. Encourage one another. Husbands and wives, encourage one another. Build confidence in one another. Give comfort to one another. Do it for, if you've got kids at home, you know, be a a good cheer toward them. Amen? And then when you go out, it'll be the most natural thing in the world. You just be who you are. An ambassador of good cheer. An ambassador of the good news. Hallelujah. Amen. Let me read this scripture. We're going to have communion here in just a moment. Hebrews 
13. I know we've read this one before, but I want to read it again because it's so good, especially about confidence. 13.5, keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have. Why? Because God has said, never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence. You know, some of you need to, you know, start hanging out with confidence. Amen? So, uh, who are you going around with today? I'm going around with confidence today. Yesterday I went around with courage. The day before that I went around with faith. Who are you hanging with? Are you, see, some people are, some Christians are going around with doubt. You're hanging out with doubt. Doubt's talking to you and you're talking to him. Wow. <laughs> so we may say with confidence. See, you can't say this unless confidence is with you. <laughs> the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. That's a good reason not to be afraid, isn't it? The Lord is my helper. Build confidence in people. Listen, the Lord's with you. He's not going to forsake you. He's not going to let you go under. He's going he's to deliver you. He's already provided for your deliverance in Christ Jesus. The greater one's living in you. Rise up and start hanging out with confidence. Courage. Comfort. The Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? Another good place for a raspberry right there, but I won't. <laughs> Ambassadors of good cheer. Spreading good cheer. This Christmas season, listen. You know, uh, you know the, the Christmas movie, It's a Wonderful Life. And, you know, and, and the Christmas carol, I love it. I think Johnny Mathis sings, It's the most wonderful time of the year. I love all that. But, you know, for some people, that's not their reality. Right now, it's not the most wonderful time of the year. It's not, in the natural, a wonderful life. And so we can come alongside those people, and with our words... We can help lift them, encourage them. We can help to build confidence in the living God who has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. We can comfort them by reminding them that God is with them and He will not forsake them. Listen, this, let's come alongside people and let's just encourage people. Let's leave all the judgment and all that. Let's leave that to God who knows everything. You don't know everything. You don't, do you? Even when you make a judgment, you don't know everything. Yeah, but I tell you what, I'm a fruit inspector. Well, you need to turn that gift on yourself for about five minutes. Amen. <laughs> hey, You'll stop operating in that gift. But let's, let's encourage one another. Isn't that true? Absolutely. Spreaders of good cheer. Now, this morning, I hope as you came in, you got some elements. If you didn't, uh, if we got some extra there, brother. Uh, if you didn't get any, raise your hand. Brother Thomas there will bring them. Everybody, all right, good job, everybody. You got them as you came in. That might be a first here. I commend you. <clears throat> first Corinthians. I mean, what could encourage us more? than to partake in the covenant meal. That reminds us 
of what I've said this morning and much, much more of all that the babe who came in a manger, he grew up as a man, the God-man without sin. He perfectly fulfilled the Father's will. He went to Calvary. And there the Bible says that he, he was made a sin offering. He took our sin upon him that we might receive his righteousness. He took our sicknesses and our diseases up, upon him that we might receive his health and healing. He took the chastisement of our peace for our wrongdoing, our condemnation, our guilt. He took all of that on him that we might have his peace. Wow. My little grandson, that's one of his first words he's learning to say, wow. So I, he's, I'm always listening to him, so I'm, he's got me saying it. But that's a good place to say, wow, isn't it? Isn't God, isn't God awesome? Listen to this real quickly. Is not the cup of thanksgiving for which we give thanks a participation in the blood of Christ? Wow. A participation. A participation. A participation. And is not the bread that we break a participation in the body of Christ? Oh, church, listen, let that sink in a moment. It's a participation in His body. We are His body. We are His body. Amen? We belong to Him. We're joined to the Lord. The Bible says, He that's joined to the Lord is one spirit. It's awesome what He has done. The Apostle Paul, you know, on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he said He took the bread and He broke it, and He said, This is my body, which is broken for you. Who was it broken for? It was broken for me. It was broken for my healing. It was broken for my health. Jesus didn't need healing. It was broken for me. It was broken for you. And as we eat this bread this morning, we are participating in that act all the way back. Just as, remember Jesus said, Abraham saw my day hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years before he was incarnated. He says he saw my day and rejoiced, and by faith, seeing that day, Ahead, he was justified. Well, you know what? We look back to Calvary where his body was broken and it was broken for you. And by faith, we participate in that for the healing of our body. So this morning, I'm going to pray. and We're going to eat this bread. But listen, it's more than just a wafer in your hand. It's an act of faith whereby you participate in that broken body to bring all its benefits to you. Healing and wholeness. Father, thank you for the precious broken body of our Savior. Lord, he was the perfect lamb slain before the foundation of the earth. And Lord, by faith, we recognize and we do participate in the broken body of Jesus there at Calvary. The nails that pierced his hands and feet, the sword that pierced his side, the thorns that pierced his brow, all for our peace, all for our healing, all that we might participate in the blessings and benefits of his broken body. In Jesus' name, let's eat and receive.
Thank you, Father. Receive healing right now. We receive strength in our bodies. Oh, I thank you, Father, for participation in the broken body, broken for us, that we might have peace of mind, that we might have wholeness and healing in our bodies, oh God. Thank you, Father. We are your body. We are your temple. We are your dwelling place. We are participators joined together, Lord, with your broken body. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for healing. Paul said in the same way, he said, he took the cup and he said, this is my blood of the new covenant that is given for the remission of sins. Listen, Jesus was the sin bearer. He took all of our sins, all of our transgressions, all of our iniquities. He took them all upon him. And he took them upon him so that what? You and I might be free. Amen. If I gave you all my money, how much would I have left? So if Jesus took all your sins, how many of you got left? Otherwise, all doesn't mean all, does it? He took them all. He took them all. He took them all so that you could be free. He took them all so that you could be free. And so if, if there's no sin, there's no, no, nothing the law can say against you. There's nothing the devil can say against you. There's nothing any man can say against you. That's what it means to be justified. No one can bring anything, any charge against you. Hallelujah. Father, thank you for the precious blood. As we drink this cup, it's a participation in that blood that Jesus shed 2,000 years ago. And by faith, Lord, we, we visit that blood again. We visit the power of that blood that's sprinkled on the heavenly, holy of holies. That blood that... that took away all of our sins, every, every wrong thing, every th wrong thought, every wrong action, every wrong motive. Lord, I thank you, all of it, he took it all. And we are justified by faith in your blood. Let's drink together. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. We are full of good cheer, Father. Because of Jesus, the broken body, the shed blood, His resurrection, the Spirit of God living in us. Oh, Father, I thank You. We're full of good cheer, courage, confidence, and comfort. Hallelujah. Thank You, Lord. Thank You, Lord. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's Word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.